Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, January 22nd. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Uh, just me today, uh, but it won't be me again. Uh, kind of like the last show, won't be me the whole time. Uh, we have NFL quarterback Ryan Griffin. We have an interview with him coming up on uh, later this show. Um, we got about 10 minutes with him set uh, over the phone, you know, like we usually do. Uh, me and Sherman sat down and we were able to interview him. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about him before the interview starts. Um, but he was, he spent about six years in the NFL, I believe, um, a couple with the Saints. And then last year, he was with the Buccaneers. He's been with the Buccaneers the last couple years. Um, he's current, currently a free agent, uh, but he is looking for that next contract. So we got to talk to him. We got to uh, speak a couple things about the season. Uh, life as an NFL quarterback. It's a really good interview, uh, and definitely you should check it out later at, into the show. Um, but we're going to start where we always start. Uh, with some basketball talk. Yeah, we're going to switch it up a little bit because we have the biggest news that we've had in the past couple of months about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, we're at day 75. It's been 75 days since Carmelo has stepped onto an NBA court to play in an NBA game. Um, but we had action yesterday. Yesterday, Carmelo was traded to the uh, Bulls. Um, I believe he was just traded for cash. Um, when I heard this, Truman told me I was a little shocked. At first, you know, it didn't quite hit me what what was the uh, reasoning behind it. Because I thought at first, oh, Carmelo Anthony is now going to be a bull. He's going to play for the Bulls, maybe provide some veteran leadership in a locker room who hasn't had much veteran leadership and is having problems keeping its younger guys in check. But uh, reading into it a little bit more, a couple tweets online, I guess Carmelo Anthony is not even going to play a game with the Chicago Bulls. He's going to get released here soon. He's going to get bought out. Um, and hopefully... He'll sign with a contender and then, you know, play the rest of the season. But I think this move today, show yesterday, shows us that Carmelo Anthony will be playing again. To all the haters who said that Carmelo Anthony is going to retire, he's going to go play for the Puerto Rican national team, that news yesterday was for you. To everybody who ever said Carmelo is never going to play basketball again, that news yesterday was for you. For the people like me, the Mellow uh, fans, the guys who have been holding out, waiting for Carmelo to return, yesterday was a really good day. It was a, it was a great day. First sort of sign of action we've had uh, since Carmelo's fateful night in Oklahoma City. Um, the game, the last, his last game so far since the 75-day rest period. But he is going to be released. I guess he's not going, even going to play a game for the Poles. Um then he's going to be released, I guess. I don't know if they're going to release him soon, um, but the plan is, I've heard, is that Carmelo's going to wait till after the trade deadline uh, to make his decision on where he's going to go. The trade deadline in the NBA is the, the 7th of February, so a little bit under two weeks, uh, and then Carmelo, a little bit over two weeks, and then Carmelo should make his choice, I guess. The reasoning behind that is uh, after the trade deadline goes, um, you know, a lot more teams will have a lot more spots opening up. Their rosters will be a little bit more filled out. Teams can kind of see can kind of see what they're missing out on um, going forth into the playoffs. Uh, so they'll have a little bit better uh, picture of where they'll be um, after the trade deadline. So that's where they'll go ahead and sign. You know, free agents like Carmelo Anthony who can kind of come on, provide leadership, provide scoring off the bench, maybe even in a starting role um, if you're a lower seeded team. Uh, and he'll be able to just do what he does best, which is just score basket after basket after basket after basket because he is the man, one of the greatest pure scorers of all time, and it has been a travesty that he has been sitting on the street at home 
for the last 75 days. And we got to wait, you know, what's going to suck is we're going to have to wait another, you know, two weeks before we can finally see him play, maybe even longer. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it because he's going to sign on with a team uh, that's in position to win uh, and win now. And Carmelo's going to get his ring. And then forever, for the rest of the time, anybody who ever debates Melo, anybody who ever hates on Melo, is just going to have to look at his ring. Is just going to have to kiss his ring. Because he's done it all. He's won Olympic medals. He's won NCAA tournaments. He's won scoring titles. He's been to the All-Star game. He has done almost everything you can in the NBA except win a ring. Because he's, 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 a, uh, he's a good teammate. You know, he's not going to... Uh, jump ship everywhere he goes he's not going to be kevin durant go to the best team in the league he is going to stick with it and stu- and stick it out and we can talk more about this later you know everybody knows my viewpoints are carmelo he is one of the best teammates of all time um but we'll talk about that later we got to talk about football now we got to jump back up uh we got a couple more nba stories uh but i wanted to get into football because yes sunday's games were pro- that was probably in my lifetime the best championship weekend i've seen in a long time two games two overtimes um and i guess the big knock you could say on both of these games were the refs the refs were everywhere the uh the penalties the reviews it was just it was it got kind of into a mess a messy situation you know both games you can look at both games and look at both different penalties that were missed uh penalties that should have been called um, and you can just see a lot of just crap and just mess that I just don't really like at all. Um, we'll start with the Saints game, obviously, because that was first. Uh, the Rams won that game. Obviously, Sean McVay and Jared Groff will be heading to their first Super Bowl. Um, and the Saints got robbed. I'll admit it. That, uh, that pass interference call uh, or that non-pass interference call uh was probably one of the worst blown calls I've ever seen of all time. Now, I'm not saying it is the worst. I think the fail Mary, Green Bay versus Seattle, is the worst. Just that's me personally as a Packer fan. But that was just a horrible, horrible, uh, horrible showing by the refs. They had a ref standing right there. Uh, you could have called pass interference. You could have called helmet to helmet. Um, it was just a mess. You know, I think uh, in time... I think this is going to slowly melt away. I think people are all their emotions are high right now, especially Saints fans. Um, but they came so close, and to just be have it ruined like that has uh, got to hurt. You know, I've I've seen it before. You know, you the complete breakdowns in championship games are kind of a pain that you'll never really get over. You know, I'm still hurting over that Bostic onside kick. Uh, you know, you work so hard, you you put so much emotionally as a fan into these games uh, and to have it stripped, you know, you can kind of, you know, you, you work so hard to get up to that point and then just have it fall and you really didn't get anything out of it. It hurts, but you kind of, it would kind of almost be better if you would have just lost, you know, a football game straight up, but to have it ruined, to have a, you could solely look at a point in a game and blame uh, the loss on one point in that game. Uh, and to have that one point in the game be on a ref, and an obvious call that what everybody can say is is a is a pass interference or even a helmet to helmet, that hurts. Uh, that hurts a lot. And I think I know non sports fans will never understand that kind of pain uh, and that kind of frustration that comes with it. Uh, 
you know, it's just, it's a bad, it's a bad scene. And, you know, add on top of it, you know, Todd Gurley was posting the picture with the uh, jersey swap with the refs. Uh, you know, Sean Payton was said it was a blown call. The NFL came out and said it was a blown call. Um, it's just one of those losses that makes you want to sit, makes you want to crawl into your bed under the covers and start looking up the NFL rule book, start signing petitions to try to get the game replayed. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, it's not going to happen. Uh, the game's not going to be replayed. I saw there was a petition online with over 100,000 signatures to get the game replayed. It's not going to happen. Uh, no matter what, no matter how much hope you think, no matter how many fine prints uh, you've read, uh, it's not going to happen. You're not going to replay that game. That game's over. You just got to take the loss and move on. But being a Saints fan, it hurts even more. Because, you know, you had the mini, uh, Minnesota Miracle last year. Uh, now you have this this year. Uh, you've gotten really close, and it just hasn't worked out in your favor yet. And I just, as a Packer fan, I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, that's got to hurt. Uh, and it's going to hurt for, you know, at least a week. But you'll come back. You got a team. This team is still relatively young. You know, I think Drew Brees has got a couple more years left in him, maybe one or two. Um, and Sean Payton's a relatively young head coach. Cause you, you, so you still got some options, okay? Um, but to just come this close and lose like that, it hurts. I know. It hurts a lot. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you put this much effort, this much rooting interest into being a sports fan. Uh you know, when it falls and it doesn't go your way, uh, it hurts a lot. But when it does go your way finally, when your team finally does win a championship, uh, these hurts, these losses, uh, they just make those championships a hundred times better. Um, but again, the Rams did win that game. Uh, give all credit to the Rams. They played well. Uh, they did a pretty good job of covering up Michael Thomas, uh, which is something I knew they wanted to do uh, from the beginning after the regular season matchup where Michael Thomas went off. Um, but they did a good job. Uh, that running game still looks pretty good. The defense played solid. Uh, it was just a good game all around for the Rams. Um, but, again, at the end of the day, all that's going to be talked about from this game is not how well the Rams played. It's going to be talked about how badly the refs missed that call. So you get what you, you get, what you get um, and you move on. But uh, we'll talk about the next game, though. Chiefs-Patriots, another instant classic from Championship Weekend. But yeah, another great game was shrouded with the uh, um, cries from the Chiefs fans about different penalties, different stuff going on. The Patriots got a break here and there. Um, thankfully, though, uh, thankfully, this this uh, the worst missed call, I think, in this game was covered up by a Brady interception. Um, that punt return uh, where Edelman supposedly didn't touch it, did he touch it? No one really knows. Um, that, I think, was one of the weirdest moments I've seen in football from this year. Uh, I believe Edelman did touch it. Uh, you could see kind of with his thumb. But again, to have them overturn that uh, ruling was something I didn't think they could do. Because you have to have inconclusive. It has to be clearly um, evident that he didn't touch it for them to uh, overturn it. But they overturned it anyways, and I didn't think it was clear enough for them to do that. But thankfully, Brady threw a pick, I believe, the next two or three plays. Uh, so it kind of covered that up. Uh, but another one, D Ford's um, offsides. That wasn't great either. That was just a bonehead bonehead play by D Ford, um, his neutral zone infraction. Um, again, the, the dumbest penalty, though, one of the dumbest penalties in that game was the unnecessary roughness on Tom Brady. Uh, I believe that's a culmination of 
Brady being, you know, 40, over 40 years old, uh, he's old, he doesn't get hit a lot, um, and to get hit in the helmet like that, you know, I, I don't want to say there's some biases from the refs, but again, I, I think every Patriot fan could even agree that was just a complete crappy-ass call. But what are you going to do? Um, you know, this game was a really good game for Pat Mahomes. You know, he's young, um, and to step into a game like this, go toe-to-toe with Brady, play a better game than Tom Brady, um, and almost come out with a win, uh, it's definitely something if me as a Chiefs fan, I'm pretty excited about for the next couple of years. Um, he did miss that wide-open touchdown in, I believe, the first or second quarter, which would have pretty much put the game away at the end. Um, but whatever, you can't really do anything about it. But he came down with 39 seconds and got a score. Uh, that was insane. I As soon as the... Uh, Chiefs scored though, and they left two minutes on the clock with a bunch of timeouts for the Patriots. I knew the Patriots were going to go down and score. And as soon as um, they got the overtime coin flip, I knew that the Patriots were going to go down and score and win that game. Um, why Andy Reid didn't call timeout on that overtime drive, you know, you could clearly see his team was gassed. Uh, they were tired. They didn't really have the energy to go out there and just get a stop there. Um, he should have called timeout. He didn't. That's on him. Uh, Part of Andy Reid's criticism is he doesn't manage time well. Uh, he doesn't manage his timeouts very well. Uh, and you could see that uh, from this game. But over and over and over and over and over again, Julian Edelman just gashed the Chiefs defense. Uh, the number one pass rush didn't even get to Brady once. Uh, but that Julian Edelman across the middle on third down was just, was just like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? automatic it was automatic every single time this goes oh third and eight oh hopefully we get a stop julian edelman across the middle uh and every patriot hater in the world just sighs for a moment um but to go toe-to-toe with brady isn't easy uh you know i think you know a lot of credit a lot of uh criticism not credit was put on the overtime rules in this game you know how do you not give pretty much the mvp of the league the ball in overtime how do you not let him touch it uh and i get it uh, I get the criticisms there. You know, with Rodgers, he didn't get to touch it versus the Cardinals a couple years ago. Um, Matt Ryan didn't get to touch the ball in the Super Bowl. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, criticism surrounding the overtime rules. But at the end of the day, if the Chiefs would have stopped them, Pat Mahomes would have had the ball back. It's sudden death. You Whoever scores a touchdown first wins or the field goal rule. Um, so I don't really hate the overtime rules. I think uh, they're not perfect. I would rather see them go to like a college format. But uh, the rules are the rules, and at the end of the day, uh, you got to stop them on defense if you want to win the game. And they just couldn't do that. Chiefs just couldn't do it. Uh, they put up a better effort than the Chargers, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough to get the win. Um, and now it's Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. Uh, and it happened again every single year. Everybody says the Patriots are done. Oh, it's different this year because they lost to the Dolphins. Oh, they, they might not get the number one, so they might not get home field advantage. Oh, they have to play the championship game on the road. Shut up. Tom Brady is going to go to the Super Bowl as long as Belichick is his coach, and Belichick is going to go to the Super Bowl as long as Brady is his quarterback. They know the system. Brady is the most experienced quarterback of all time. He can handle these type of pressures. No other quarterback in the league history uh, could handle this type of pressure like Brady does. Um, they don't get rattled. They don't. The moment's never too big for them because they've been in so many of them. Uh, so for the rest of my life, and I know I'm probably going to be fall victim to it again next year, 
I'm never going to rule the Patriots out again. No matter what, until Brady, the, until the papers are in the uh, the filing box, and until uh, Brady is on his couch week one of NFL season, I'm never going to rule the Patriots out. Um, even with Belichick, not even just Brady, but... It's just like everybody every year is just always trying to be the first guy to say, oh, the Patriots are done. They're always trying to be the hot take guys who say the Patriots are done. But at the end of the day, they just look like losers at the end. So I'm not going to be one of those losers, and I'm done picking against Brady for the rest of his career. But talking about losers, let's do our another our, uh, our segment we've done the last couple shows. Where do the losers go from here? So we look at the two losers, Chiefs and Saints. Where do they go from here? Um, we'll start with the Chiefs because that's the easiest. The Chiefs have the brightest future, I think, in the, of any NFL team. Um, they have Pat Mahomes for the next couple of years. Their reports are they're looking into signing him to a $200 million contract, first of its kind in the NFL. Uh, that is going to be a consistent force in the playoffs for the next couple of years. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, as long as Andy Reid stays coaching, as long as he stays healthy, let's be honest, Andy ain't looking so good. Um in terms of the weight region, he hasn't looked like he's lost much pounds. Um, so hopefully he can sustain a couple more years of uh, of go- some good coaching here. But I think a Pat Mahomes-Andy Reid combo is going to be in the playoffs for the next couple of years, no matter what, no matter how, um, no matter what other teams are around him, no matter how good the Chargers get, whatever. Uh, Philip Rivers is getting up there in age, and eventually when he does, uh, that division is going to get a lot easier to win. Um, and you'll see Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs in there for the next couple of years. As far as the Saints go, they have a relatively young roster and a lot of young stars. You know, you look at defense versus offense. You know, Michael Thomas is top three wide receiver in the game. Kamara's a top ten running back. Ingram's a top fifteen running back. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Lattimore uh, is one of the best corners in the game. You know, they have a lot of talent, relatively young talent. All that depends on where does Drew Brees go from here. Uh, I think he's not going to play as long as Brady. I think you'll get maybe two more years out of him at best. Uh, and then, you know, where they go from there, I don't know whether it's Bridgewater or maybe they trust Tyson Hill enough, Tyson Hill enough to go out there and get a start. Uh, I don't know. Because it's interesting with Tyson Hill because Bridgewater started the last game. So technically, Bridgewater was the backup. Uh, I guess you don't want Hill to get hurt because you run a lot of your systems out of that, a lot of your uh, play calls out of him. But I don't know where you go from there. But Drew Brees, and as soon as he retires, uh, is going to leave a gaping hole with the Saints. But they do have another year um, to play like they played like this today. But they don't have a first-round draft pick, just so you uh, know. The Packers got that first-round draft pick. Um, but that's it for championship weekend. We're going to put a wrap on that. Super Bowl, Patriots, Rams. Um, not predicted by anybody I know of, um, but it is going to be a good matchup. It's kind of the young versus the old uh, in terms of NFL. You know, Sean McVay is the new uh, sexy system, um, and Belichick's the old stable system. We'll see which one wins out uh, come two weeks on Sunday. So, But we're going to talk about a couple other NFL headlines. Uh, Some of the scheduling was released yesterday. Um, The London games. Oh, so go through a quick review of who's playing in London next year. Uh, So it's going to be Panthers, Buccaneers, uh, Bears versus Raiders, Texans versus Jaguars. Jaguars are back in London like they are every single year. I'm not really sure why they have a huge following over there in London. Um, But then the last game, Bengals versus Rams. 
so with all of that, once once all of those get through, if they all go off without a you know a Mexico City type of uh, disaster, uh, the Packers will be the only team in the league to not played in London yet, not play a game in London yet, which I'm very happy about. Because um, I know our fans, we don't want to give up a home game, uh, and most teams don't want to give up a home game, and the Packers especially won't do it. Uh, so they're going to have to find a team that's willing to lose a home game so the Packers can go play on the road in London. But what are you going to do? I'm kind of glad it's just another year of Packers staying on U.S. soil. Um, Last game, talk about Mexico. They they are trying it again. Chiefs versus Chargers are going to be played in Mexico, uh, which is surprising to me. Um, I know Goodell is trying so hard to grow NFL around the world, um, and I don't really know what kind of punishment he gave to the Mexican um, officials or whatever that were in charge of putting together this game last year. Um, but it was a mess, uh, so I'm not really sure why he's doing it. You know, right back again next year, but. Uh, maybe they've talked it over. You never know. Uh, or maybe just Goodell's an idiot like we all think. So let's move on now to NBA. got two more NBA topics I want to discuss, a couple baseball topics, and then we'll get into Ryan Griffin's interview. Um, but before that, you know where I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about these home cuts. These home cuts, the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a haircut at a low and fair price. For only $7, you can get a haircut um, with modern styling. It's the cheapest haircut you'll find anywhere around the world. Uh, it's interesting with these. Me, Truman, and Johnny Glad, we went up there on Friday. You know Johnny. He's been on the show a couple times. Uh, we had a haircut, uh, in and out, um, and we were all looking great. $7, cheapest haircut you'll provide, you'll get, um, and he'll give you different tips about how to style it. Um, he'll style it for you so it looks good. He'll trim up the sideburns, trim up around the ears. He just makes it look great, um, and he gives you tips about how to do it. And every single time I go in there, uh, I'm always coming out with a kind of a different style haircut. And I love it every single time because he's always suggesting new tips, new strategies, strategies that he's been learning. Um, so go check him out, these Home Cuts. Check him out on Instagram. Search these Home Cuts. Uh, you'll find him. Uh, set up an appointment through his DMs or in his bio, whatever one you want to do. Uh, but like I said, me, Truman, Johnny, and about 90% of the guests we've had on this show have gotten their haircut at D's at least once. And let me tell you, the boys around Northeast Ohio are looking good all because of D's Home Cuts. So check them out, D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So let's talk about Derrick Rose for a minute. Um, we've talked about him a little bit, but not much. Um, he is leading, or he is top five, I believe, in all-star vote-getters right now. Um, I fully expect that he should be an all-star. Uh, he's averaging about 19 points per game, four assists, three rebounds. So not exactly off-the-charts type of numbers. But he hit another game winner on Sunday, I believe, versus the Suns. And he is, I got to say, Derrick Rose, if he comes an all-star, that is one of the greatest stories I've ever watched in sports in my lifetime. Um, to have a guy who was down so low like he was and to just come back like that and make an all-star team is certainly uh, something that uh, everybody should take notice of, I guess. You know, everybody who's ever been struggling with injuries, uh, not even just sports injuries, like just, you know, illnesses, you know, stuff going on in your life, it can get really, really low. But Derrick Rose just shows us that you can always bounce back um, no matter what, no matter how hard it gets. You know, he was down really low at uh, some of the the lowest points in his career, you know. 
you know, he pretty much left the Cavs. Um, he was just working at the Cleveland uh, State Arena, uh, and he was just, you know, kind of trying to get back into form. Uh, he never got there, but now we're finally seeing him break through, uh, and you've seen it a lot this season. I think because Minnesota is not really a basketball town, um, and it's not really a huge market, we don't hear a lot about this. Um, but certainly, everybody, any basketball fan, is just so happy that Derrick Rose is back. You know, usually you get a lot of hate. Superstars get hate. But Derrick Rose, I think, is one of the most well-liked and well-respected NBA players of our generation. Uh, and to see him playing the way he's playing, hitting buzzer beaters, scoring a million points a game, uh, is certainly a great thing to watch. And uh, we're going to be watching for the rest of the season. I hope he makes the All-Star team because that would just make the story ten times better. But Derrick Rose, in my book, he's an All-Star. Hopefully he gets in. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, West Russell Westbrook versus Joel Embiid. Uh, they got into a little bit of a scramble. Uh, Westbrook said that he hates Embiid. They asked him if he liked him. He said, F no. Uh, and uh, I love it. I just wanted to say how much I love when superstars fight. We've seen it now today in the NBA. A lot of superstars grow up together on the AAU circuit. They play versus each other at college. They attend camps together. Uh, and by the time they reach the NBA, everybody's friends with everybody. But to have two alpha dogs, Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook, go at each other head-to-head, it just... It just is amazing for basketball. It's so much fun to watch, and they got to do more of this. The NBA's got to do more uh, about making these rivalries. You know, when you see LeBron James dapping up Dwayne Wade before the game, um, you know, I, I just, I just, just kind of destroys the competitive nature that I think of when I think of guys like LeBron. Uh, I look at Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid, and I see a, uh, I get a whole new level of respect that I don't really have for anybody else in the NBA besides Carmelo. Um, and I just love it. So uh, great for the NBA, uh, and hopefully we get to watch another rematch of this. So that's all I wanted to speak on in NBA. We're going to rush kind of through this because of uh, the Ryan Griffin's interview that I wanted to fit in. Uh, but we're going to move now to baseball. Uh, we'll do the A's ad read before the interview. Um, we'll look at some of the best free agents still available. Uh, we're still waiting on Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, I haven't heard anything about him yet. I haven't heard where he's going to go, when he's going to sign. Uh, and it just shows us how slow baseball free agency actually moves. Um, we got a lot of names here. And a lot of these names, we have even more names that I left off that could be notable uh, additions for your team this late so far into free agency. I'm not so sure why it moves so slow. Um you know, last year they were saying that teams were reluctant to sign big-name guys because they were waiting on this free agent class. Um, but, you know, this free agent class is here, and it's just, you know, not much movement uh, other than a couple moves here and there. Um, but Bryce Harper is still available. I'm not so sure when he's going to sign. Machado is still available, although he was pictured the other day wearing a White Sox hat. Uh, if I had to bet my money, I would bet Manny Machado signs with the White Sox. But again, I don't know. It could change up at the last minute. Uh, Josh Harrison's still available. He was an all-star a couple years ago. Adam Jones is an all-star. He's still available outfielder. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Wade Miley. I think Keuchel's head of that group. But guys like Wade Miley and Keuchel have pitched into key moments in the playoffs of the last couple of years, last year. Um, and now they're being 
Now they're left unsigned. Now, Wade Miley isn't a huge name. Uh, he's not like a Keiko or Gonzalez, but he pitched some big moments for the Brewers last year in the playoffs. Uh, now he's still out there. If any teams are looking to shore up that back end of that rotation, uh, Craig Kimball is probably the best reliever still out there. Um, he was historically good the last couple of years, but he's kind of taken a, a decline. But he still could be a nice piece in the bullpen for anybody looking to shore up that bullpen. The Indians get to freaking work on signing up bullpen pieces. Um, two other moves, though, I want to talk about kind of affects the Indians. Cody Allen, uh, the Indians closer last year, signed with the Angels. Uh, they don't really have a closer there in Los Angeles, so I could assume Cody Allen's going to get the first crack at getting some saves. Um, he was the Indians closer the last couple years, I believe, all time saves uh, leader for the Indians, although I'm not sure on that. Uh, I'm not sure if Wickman has that or not, but uh, Cody Allen, uh, he was an all-star last year, or two years ago, um, I don't know, he never was an all-star, never mind, scratch that, he was all-star caliber, and he has pitched in some big moments in the playoffs, especially in the World Series, um, but he just hasn't been the same, he kind of took a decline, a sharp decline, uh, after, I believe, the all-star break this year, and it became... Uh, where I didn't trust him saving games anymore. You know, the first couple years where he was here, his, the top of his career, uh, I would put anything on it that Cody Allen was going to close a game. I trusted him. If we had at least a one-run or two-run lead, uh, two-run lead going into the bottom of the ninth, I trusted Cody Allen to save it every single time. Um, but he hasn't done that as of late. So maybe a fresh change of scenery uh, will do some good for Cody Allen. Uh, and I hope... You know, I wish him all the best wherever he goes. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Indians didn't resign him because I think it's time for us to get uh, some new blood in there. But we haven't brought any new blood into the locker room yet, which is confusing me. Uh, Struba Cabrera, former Indian, former Met last year, signed with the Rangers. Uh, he'll sure up that middle infield. Uh, certainly a pretty decent bat. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they got him pretty cheap. So good deal for the Rangers and for Struba Cabrera. Uh but we are going to move now to Ryan Griffin's interview. Before that, I had to remind you guys that our show is also brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Uh, they do great work uh, on your home. They'll raise up your property values. Uh, you know, Are you pretty disappointed uh, about your landscaping, landscaping needs last year? Um, turn to A's this upcoming spring. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about putting forth the effort and the time it takes to get a well-manicured lawn. Trust A's. He will take care of everything in the spring. Uh, the phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So we're going to transition now into Ryan Griffin's interview. Uh, we really appreciate Ryan spending the time with us. Uh you know, especially in the off season, these guys kind of want to relax. Uh, so to get a couple of interviews of the past couple of days um, is huge for us because, again, like I said, guys want to relax in the off season. They don't want to do interviews. Um, but to just spend 10 to 15 minutes with us was huge, and we do thank Ryan for doing that. Um, a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, I said in the interview, uh, you know, if he's excited to work with Bruce Arians, turns out he's not under contract with the Buccaneers next year. Uh he is, an, he is a free agent so far uh, going into this free agency period. That's my fault. I should have done a little bit more research on that. Um, but other than that, it was a really good interview. Got into some pretty good questions. Uh, his time with the Saints uh, was certainly something that uh, 
we wanted to ask about. You know, he got kind of an up-close look at Drew Brees and Sean Payton and what makes them great. Uh, we asked him about that. Um, but it was just a great interview um, overall. Uh, me and Sherman love getting these type of guys. We love getting quarterbacks because quarterbacks really see the game a lot more differently than any other position on the field. Um, so check it out. Like I said, Ryan Griffin, he's played the last couple of years. He played, spent some time with the Saints, spent some time with the Buccaneers. Uh, he's been active. He's been inactive, but he is an undrafted free agent from Tulane. Um, if, you, if you're thinking you kind of know who he is, that's because he was on hard knives with the Buccaneers, uh, I believe, two years ago. Uh, so he is kind of recognizable, um, but he is a great guy. We really appreciate him coming on. Uh, so check it out. Here is our interview with uh, NFL quarterback Ryan Griffin. So we now welcome on quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Griffin. Thank you for coming on today, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, so you're now in off-season mode. What kind of things do you do during the off-season to prepare for the upcoming season? Um, usually the first month, kind of just take it easy. Mm-hmm. More of like a, a mental grind, you know, towards the end of the season. And just kind of take a break for your body and your mind. And So I just hang out pretty much, pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that first month, I get started uh, watching a little bit of film just to get uh, my mind right. And then... Mm-hmm. in the weight room and uh just doing you know workouts just to get your body back and everything i mean it's not much of a physical demand on me the past couple of years but still got to yeah. get it and start start from the ground up and try and improve and where you want to make your improvements yeah definitely. De- definitely so you spent some time with the saints early on in your career uh we're watching drew Brees now in the playoffs you know tear it up uh you kind of got an up close look at drew Brees. what kind of things make him so great as a quarterback yeah, so Drew is, I think, honestly, what makes him so good is he just, everything he does, he has a plan. And so yeah. he's got, like, a, a formula for everything and a reason. He makes every decision. You know, there's a reason behind every workout he does. There's a reason um, behind every throw he makes. Um, mm. So everything he does is so calculated, and he's such a smart guy, and he's uh, thought everything out. He's got so much experience that – you know, you're seeing him play at such a high level, and it just looks so easy. And uh, mm-hmm. I was amazed when I was there because I was like, I was just thinking to myself, like, like it's, it looks easy. Like, why why can't everyone do it like that? But there's yeah. so much more that goes into it than just going out there and playing. You know, all the preparation he does is really mm-hmm. what makes a difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you also with your time with the Saints, you worked with Sean Payton. What kind of things make him such a great coach? Uh, I think he's a great play caller. I think he's got a great uh he's got a great sense of the team. Like uh he's got a good pulse on how the team's feeling, what the team needs, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether whether it's like a, a pump up speech and uh in a meeting or he knows when to call like a shot to get a big play for a touchdown to really get the team going, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes a difference for for not just the offense, it makes a difference for the defense too. If you see a big play completed and your team go down and score, it gives the defense a little juice. So he, I think he's got a good feel for the team, and that's that's really what sets him apart. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, so what kind of things would you – what kind of advice would you give a young quarterback who's just starting out and hopefully can one day uh, hope to make it to your position? What, what advice would you give? Uh, how early are we talking? Uh, let's say high school. I mean, our big thing with football is it's it's such a slow progression. Um, 
so the big thing is you can't you can't get uh, overwhelmed or frustrated if you're not making the improvements right away like you'd like to. It's really important that you just kind of keep at it. And uh, my big thing since college is always like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. You know, this off season, you know, whether it's like in college, you get like three weeks or uh, the NFL, you get three months. It's like, all right, well, what's my, how am I going to get better? As long as I keep improving, uh, you know, I'm going to be in a position that I want to be in to be successful. And so for like a young guy, especially in high school, is just, you know, keep working at it. I've played a bunch of different sports. I think that's key because you don't get uh, burnt out. But you just keep working at it, keep throwing. And just as long as you're making improvements, then you'll be in the right place. Definitely. Yep. What would you say is your best trait as a quarterback currently? Um, uh, I think, you know, playing quarterback, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, accuracy, arm strength, decision-making, uh, making plays at the right time, you know, big moments. And I think, I think I've been pretty solid with my accuracy and decision-making over the past couple of years in the preseason. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we'll talk about this this past season. Uh, you guys started pretty hot. Uh, you started 2-0 and with Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback. Uh, we just want to know, is Fitzmagic real? It's so real. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's so real. Yeah. <laughs> what was the locker room like during those first couple of weeks with him starting? Uh, I mean, just a lot of fun. You know, and yeah. like I was saying, like, it just brings so much juice to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your offense is playing well, it brings juice to everyone, and then, Winning in the NFL, there's nothing like it. Uh, you know, it's such a hard thing to do. So those first two weeks, especially versus two really good teams, mm-hmm, playoff, playoff teams was uh, was really fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so obviously the season didn't end as you guys planned. Um, your coach, Dirk Cutter, was fired, and you guys just hired Bruce Arians, um, who's known to work well with quarterbacks. Was it shocked that, uh, you know, when Cutter got fired? No, I mean, in the NFL, you know, people are going to get hired and fired all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I've been fired, you know, my first three years, I was I was fired every year. So, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing really surprises you in the NFL. But, so, between Arians getting fired and Cutter, uh, Cutter getting fired and Arians getting hired, uh, did, how much did you keep up with, like, the rumors about, you know, who they were going to hire, who they were interviewing? Uh, you know, I learned a long time ago not to pay attention to that stuff. Um, Shut it out. Yeah, the only thing I follow is, on Twitter is Pro Football Talk. Cause they yeah. seem to have a lot of, like, factual stuff. I don't mm-hmm. really have – I don't really care for the opinion. You know, I just kind of – I'm looking for, like, okay, who's 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 signing here, who's signing there kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to work with Arians? Definitely. I – uh not under contract for next year, actually. So uh, hopefully they have me back. I'd love to work for him. He's uh, he's worked with all the great quarterbacks. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so 2017, you guys were on hard knocks. I've always been interested in this. Uh, do you, like, to the players and, like, yourself, do you guys generally like being on hard knocks with all the cameras around during training camp? Not really. No. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't – if you asked everyone that's been on Hard Knocks, I'd say probably 90% don't really care for it. Uh, yeah. But then again, if you're not, like, one of the main guys, you don't have yeah. people really following you and the story's not really about you. But you got to watch what you say and you got to – I mean, the camera's right there. You start having, having a conversation with somebody and then 
next thing you know, you got one of those big boom mics over your head, and it's just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What would you say is your favorite sports memory from high school, college, before high school, or in the NFL? What would you say is your favorite memory? Um, that's a good question, guys. Good question. Favorite sports memory. Um, when I was at Tulane, uh, yeah. it was my senior year, Richard's senior year. I got uh, injured and I was out for like four weeks, and we were we were not playing so well. We had <laughs> lost every game, and then the first game I came back, we uh we ended up playing SMU and we came back. I think we went like 80 yards in like a minute with no timeouts scored to win the game. And uh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. So growing up, who who would you say was your favorite athlete of all time? Somebody you like looked up to? Oh, without a doubt, Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I think I have like a hundred of his baseball cards. Yeah, that's really cool. So we're big Packer fans, um, and we've been very tuned in to the best quarterback of all time, and we would like to get an opinion from who uh, an NFL quarterback. Who do you think is the greatest of all time from the quarterback position? You know, it's tough. I think there's, I think there's tiers. You know, there's there's guys that are elite. You put them on any team, and that team's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. They can carry a team, and then from and within that tier, you know, I think it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. yeah. Depends, like, because, I mean, this is the ultimate team sport. Like, football is, without a doubt, the ultimate team sport. I don't care how good you are at quarterback, you can play perfect. But if your defense isn't playing well that day, you might not win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, I think there's guys, like, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is unreal physically. He's, he's one of the, to me, he's one of the greatest because he does stuff that no other quarterback can really do because he's so talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, He's going to carry the team. He, whatever team he's he's on, he's going to they're going to win games. Um, I think obviously Brady's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but like they also have a great, usually have a pretty solid defense. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know. I I know that question comes up all the time. Yeah. And I really don't think there's like a clear cut answer. Yeah. Okay. So we're last question, and we'll wrap it up. What's your Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick. Yeah. I think the Saints will beat the Chiefs. Okay. okay. Solid right. pick. Solid pick right there. All right. Well, I don't have any more. Do you have any more questions? Nope. I think that's it. We really appreciate you coming on, Ryan. All right. Yeah. No doubt. Yep. Definitely. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. See ya. So that was uh, Ryan Griffin. We really thank you for listening. Uh, he, again, he was a great guy. We really appreciate him coming on. Uh, we've now had two interviews with pro athletes uh, so far into 2019. Uh, we're one-fifth of the way through our goal of 10, um, and we're not even through January yet. So stay tuned. we got some other stuff coming up uh, for the rest of the month. But he was really cool, really cool experience uh, to interview somebody like that. Um, just a really great guy, and again, it's just cool to talk to somebody who spent so many years in the NFL around uh, up close and personal to a game we've loved, uh, like the NFL, like football. So great interview, um, and we hope we have you know many more interviews like that in the future and maybe even bring him back on again. Uh, so that was really cool, and we hope he does get signed um, 
he is somebody who's really interesting because he hasn't gotten a snap yet in a regular season game, um, but he's been in the league for a bunch of years, and usually backups don't spend that much time in the league, um, and he balls out in preseason. So hopefully he gets an opportunity um, this upcoming year, wherever he goes, to get us a, uh, a couple snaps into a live uh, game, a live regular season game. So uh, good luck to Ryan, and uh, we hope all the best for him in the future. But that's it for the end of our show today. Um, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Follow us on Spotify, um, Twitter, at uh, TNC Sports Talk 12. That's where you can send us questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, if you want to uh, get send questions in to be answered on the show, all do that all on Twitter, TNT Sports Talk 12. Uh, every day before the podcast episodes are released, um, I tweet a little bit about what the upcoming show is going to be, You know who's going to be interviewed, um, who's coming on, what different things we're going to talk about, stuff like that. So check it out, TNT Sports Talk 12. Um, we follow back, by the way, too. So go ahead and send us a, a follow uh, our way, and we'll follow you right back. So again, uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, and then listen to us tomorrow on 12OunceSports.com from 7 to 8 a.m. Find us on GrandOldSports.com as well. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, our YouTube page is TNT Sports Talk 12. Uh, so there's a bunch of different options for you to listen in. Um, our interview with Joe Hawley last week was one of the most listened to shows we've had in a while. Uh, and I fully expect Ryan Griffin to do um, as well, if not better, than Joe Hawley. So we're really excited about that. Um, but we got some new energy coming into the show now. We got more guests coming on. We have some more interviews planned in the future. So stay tuned. Tune in on Thursday. Uh, we might have something else in the works for you on Thursday. But make sure if you want an early sneak peek, check us out on Twitter. But other than that, have a great day and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.